Welcome to The Clappers. This is Andrew Young. And this is Carl Quinn. And my goodness, it's been a long time, Andrew. It has. Well, we've actually been doing The Clappers, but in private, yeah, private yeah, clappers. Yeah. So we haven't been releasing them to the public, but, but benefactors have been able to slide a few uh, funds, crispy ones, our way. The secret sessions. And maybe when we die, they'll come out in a vault system <laughs> like Prince. <laughs> the black tape. <laughs> On this episode of The Clappers... We're talking severance. We are talking everything, everywhere, all at once. We're talking the unbearable weight of massive talent. We're talking The Very by Dave Eggers, and we're also talking Boys Club by Michael Warner. That should keep you going. Carl? Yes, Andrew? Uh, man, we've done a lot of things over the last few months, haven't we? Where do we begin? Well, the the amazing thing is let's celebrate the fact that we can do things again. And yes. isn't it good? It's so good. We're sitting next to each other in real life. And this is the first time we've done this yeah. in the same studio yeah. in, what, two and a half years? I think two the, years, the last least? time. I feel like the last time we did this together, as interesting as this may be, was at your place. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. When, when, when you had, like, uh, you know, wheezing attacks yeah, and nearly yeah. died. Because yeah, you're um, allergic to my dog. Might be my house, children. I'm your whole house <laughs> is a, a site of a, a allergy, pathogens, anaphylaxis. I can't go near it. Actually, I can sit outside at your your sunken conversation slash barbecue pit. Yeah, I, can, yeah, yeah, I can stay yeah. out there. Yeah, that's pretty safe. All right. Anyway. What yes. have you been doing? I'll tell you the most recent thing I've done, and then we'll work backwards for the next two and a half years. <laughs> Yesterday, I went to the motion pictures, Carl. I hope you're lying down, listeners. This could, this could be a long program. Listeners, you will be bouncing between the walls because my life is fascinating, <laughs> as you damn well know. So I went to the motion pictures at the cinema, yep. and I saw a film that has That's a very long title. generally what happens at the cinema. A very long title. There mm. was a, about, it, it was actually crowded in the sense that the last couple of times I went, there was just me, and this time there was probably six people, maybe eight people in there. So Packed. it felt, I know, felt like the punters club on a Packed Friday to the rafter, night. just one. Not, not <laughs> yeah. the whole lot of them, just the one. So the film I saw was called, well, could have been called The Parable of the Hapless Husband, the Nasty Wife and the Ungrateful Child. <laughs> It wasn't called that. What it was it be. actually it's called? It's called Everything, Everywhere, All at Once. Ah, uh, it's a great film. You've it? seen it? Yes, yeah, yes, yeah, yes. Yeah, loved yeah. it. Well, it, I, I shouldn't preempt you. Did no, you no, no. enjoy it? No, I did. I, it, it's the second stupid movie I've seen in the same amount of weeks. I'm normally a very serious, dour man who likes his entertainment like a, a, a rusk with no flavour. But this was a hoot. <laughs> it's the Sc it's a Scotsman in you, isn't it's it? It's a Scotsman in me. How did that Scotsman even get in here? I, I do. It's a small studio. It's a I very do small love studio. a Scotsman. <laughs> Uh, close to hand. They're very useful for asking directions and all kinds of things. So this is a, I don't know if I can even describe, can I describe the film? Um, I, actually I did in my fake title. That is really imagine what the film is Imagine about. you are Tim Robbins in the mm. player. Mm. And, no, imagine I'm Tim Robbins Gosh, in the player. that's so interesting. You've 25 words or, or less. What is everything, everywhere, all at once, okay. 25 words or less. All right. So you have the three characters I just mentioned. They are in a family. You're at about 12 already. A woman finds herself transported through various multiverse portals where in various multiverse portals she is uh, all kinds of a successful human being. She's not a successful human being in the main one in which she lives. However, she's given an opportunity to save the universe from this uh, evil force and she's very reluctant because she's a very busy woman with her father's birthday party and a tax audit to deal with but she 
acquiesces and uh, hijinks ensue. You, like, blew your 25 words horribly, but yeah. eh, that's not bad. That's hijinks not bad. ensue. <laughs> Woman gets audited. Hijinks ensue. <laughs> <laughs> because we need your help. Very busy today. Uh, whole time to help you. Across the multiverse, I've seen thousands of Evelyns. You can access all their memories, their emotions, even their skills. There's a great evil spreading throughout the many verses. And you. Maybe your only chance of stopping it. I could mention that the woman is Chinese, as are most of the people in the film. It's made by two men with the same Christian name called Daniel, and so it's just called by the Daniels, like it's... Um, no, no, there's there's no the. It's just Daniels. Daniels, oh, thank you. Daniels. Mm. Dan Kwan and Daniel Shinett. There you go. See, it's, this is why you're on the show. <laughs> you remember? I remember Michelle Yeoh's name because I've seen her in many films yep. and I think she's wonderful. Yeah. This film... As by jumping backwards and forwards between different portals, you get to see Michelle Yeoh in real, in in the sense as an actress performing different feats as different characters as part of this strange multiverse that her character in this film occupies. And there are some great homages to existing films in the comedy in this film. There are some to films that I've never seen before in my life, Mm -hmm. but there was uh, there's one which was there's one multiverse that she occupies. I won't tell you anything about it because it's great just to find out without knowing. But it's very beige, and she and her partner Jamie Lynn Curtis are enjoying or maybe not enjoying a, a very interesting relationship that reminded me a lot of Spike. Jones. Right. Do you remember that? that oh, of course I do. Yeah. Of course yeah. I, I, am, I, am I not allowed to say the sort of the main sight gag in that, do you think? I don't think you should, no. Okay. No, no, no. No, I think it's best to Yeah, yeah. To Although I will, I will point out that if anybody has seen the trailer, they have seen the oh, have they? Gag. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and there's another beautiful... In fact, it, it's a stupid film, and it's hilarious, and there's lots of fighting and explosions, not as many as in the other stupid film I saw. But there is a couple of parts of this film that are strangely moving. It, it is about relationships between... Between mother, daughter, father, husband, and they're not functioning particularly well, these relationships, and it's quite sad. And there is a scene that is a beautiful homage to uh, In the Mood for Love, the Wong Kar Wai film, the, the lighting and the camera angles, and where it's, it's a couple who realise that they will never be together, uh, try as they might, there's the, the path, the road not taken, and they meet and they leave, and it is really <laughs> beautiful, and it's yeah. a strange film that mixes stupid, madcap, zany nonsense with really tender, beautiful family moments. And I'm happy to say I don't think I learned anything. Oh, really? I, I, I think if the point of this film no is learnings for you that the universe is going to be destroyed unless you destroy the evil thing that is going to kill i think they kind of forgot about it or something at the at the end i, I don't think we've worked out whether the universe has been saved or not and of course that's not the point the black it? bagel of nihilism i interviewed daniels and uh wrote a piece about it and in in that story i made the observation that it is you know it is this sort of multi-genre kind of thing and it has more ideas in it than most of the rest of hollywood combined and and Mm -hmm. i I stand by that i think it's a i think it's actually quite profound in some well in many ways um but one of the things they 
talked about is that it is about the overload, the overwhelming nature of having so much information in our fingertips all the time, and the thanks to the internet and and the sort of difficulty in in sorting sorting the sort of the wheat from the chaff and on sort of going well if a cat playing the piano video has as much weight as Ukraine being bombed mm. into submission or mm. whatever it might be, it's like how do you how do you sort of apportion any any mm. kind of value system or hierarchy of of what's important in the world and and it's and you can kind of just slide into this kind of solipsistic everything is the same nothing actually matters kind of sense of nihilism and i think she's a a buddhist notion as well that nothing matters and that that is one if not the the spoiler of the film that you've just given carl nothing matters uh it's one of the the many Uh, spoilers that uh, we could have given to this film (laughs) It, yeah, it, have you just uh, have you just schooled me there, Andrew? Is that what you've done? There, it's, <laughs> it's been it's, a while. I have to say it's over long. There are certain sequences that could definitely have been trimmed. There's a lot of recapitulation, a lot of exposition and explaining about what works and how it works, and that's okay. But yeah, there were there were times where I felt it sagged. It could be that I'm just very tired all the time and a two hour plus movie sitting in the same seat not getting up and getting things from the kitchen every five minutes is more than yeah. I it sagged a little but I certainly would in I would enjoy seeing that again you know I saw it yesterday but I've been thinking about it and it's one of those films that I'm sure I would if I saw it next week I would I would get a lot of pleasure about it as long as I had the fast forward button Carl, there's a film I saw, and I, I'm not going to attempt to say the title because I tried and I, I failed. I keep forgetting what it really is. So I want you to say what the title is. The Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent. That's a great film too in its stupidity and its nonsense. There's lots more explosions, not, not as many martial arts. Um, it's Nicolas Cage being Nicolas Cage. It's a very nod, well, not nod, just being Nicolas Cage, but being of. Nicolas Cage and Nick Cage. And Nick, of course, <laughs> yes. They're just like adaptation where you get Charlie Kaufman and his non, non-existent twin brother. You get played by played by. Nicholas Cage. Yeah. Yeah, sorry. Uh, yes, of course. You get Nicholas Cage uh, at various times talking to another version of Nicholas Cage, played by Nicholas Cage, called Nick Cage. Who is the like the ni- circa nineteen ninety version of mm, Nick Cage? Yeah, sort of bombastic and f- arrogant and full of self confidence and like I'm goddamn movie star. And Nick, the older the old Nick, Nick Cage is a little beaten down. He's be- he hasn't got a lot going for him in the career <laughs> department, and his agent gets an offer for him to go and just be himself at this wealthy man's <laughs> party on some island paradise. Mallorca. In Mallorca. A million dollars for turning up at a party in Mallorca and just talking to people, telling That's them That's all stories. he has to do, just be himself. And, like, what could go wrong? It's, what, a, bit, it's a bit like what we get paid it, for doing this, isn't it? It is. We just, <laughs> that's what we've been doing when you haven't been hearing us. We've been at rich men's houses, sitting around <laughs> in our underpants, talking about ourselves, wearing medallions... <laughs> smoking cigars it's it's a good life what's the worry here nick you've lost some of your talent as an actor no (laughs) what did he say he says he loves you but he went in a different direction i'm done i'm quitting acting tell the trades it was a tremendous honor to be a part of storytelling and myth making 
man, I'm driving through the hills. I'm sorry. One more time. You enjoyed it? Yeah, I did. It was great. I, it's so stupid. I, I keep using that word, but it's hard to think of a, a better word. It, it, at some point, the CIA, who are, for once... Are you actually going to go through the plot? Just a bit, just a bit. For okay. once, accurately portrayed as the bumbling fools that they really are. <laughs> it's like takes us back to What's Up, Doc, with Peter Bogdanovich film, because you've normally the CIA are on top of everything. They've got all the tech, they've got the, the, the fighting skills, they've got the, the car driving skills, but not in this case. Anyway, they want Nick to uh, spy and deliver intelligence on the his host. He want, they want him to be a poor guest. Because they think he's actually like a master criminal. Yes, which he... He, he might be. He's, he's he might master be. criminal adjacent, at least. Yes, he's definitely part of a family that are master criminals. Without telling you any more about this film, one of the great things is that you get to see lots of clips from Nicolas Cage films that you may or may not have seen that may or may not be really terrible. And it's really it's really funny. It's a really funny and stupid film. I love the way it's kind of a, a sort of like it embraces the, the Nicolas Cage-ness of Nicolas Cage while mm-hmm. also parodying it uh, and, and and sort of it plays with this full of references to his movies, you know, lines and costumes yep. and scenes, some of which I got, some of which I didn't get, I'm sure. Yeah, um, I, 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 the same as the other film. You know, there's a lot of mainstream entertainment that I've just yeah. somehow missed out on, so I'm not going to get all the jokes. The, the one thing I would say, though, is like, it, it's great fun, but I don't think it's anywhere near as clever as it imagines it is. I mean, I th- you know, it's like you compare it to, say, Adaptation mm-hmm. or yeah. being John Malkovich, mm-hmm. the, the Kaufman movies, which are absolutely yeah. genius. Like, they're, they're incredibly clever, And they stand out on their own as they being do. unlike anything else. Yeah, yeah. And I think this aspires to that. Mm-hmm. It's sort of like story within story, yeah. characters playing themselves, playing somebody who is not themselves. And, you know, it's like, it is, it is clever in its construction, but it's ultimately, it's a bit... Um, it's a bit prosaic almost, I think, in its final delivery. I well, mean, yeah, I think they're aware that it's a it's a romp. It's, yeah. it's a film that's not going to be taxing the old grey muscle yeah. too much. And and that's fine. I, yeah. You know, I've, I'm a very critical person mm. and, and we'll have lots that I can criticise coming down the pipe. But mm. right now, I've just got nothing to say other than go it's and see fun. it. It's hilarious. It's really good fun, yeah. You mentioned Michael Tolkien did I? Oh, I mentioned the player. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. No, you did. You, you did mention his name, and that that. Uh, <laughs> I think you've imagined that. I mentioned Tim Robbins. We'll, we'll go back. Oh, will we'll, we? We'll see. Okay. We'll see who. Let mentioned. the record. Let who the record show. Your mentioned honor. Michael. His name appeared on my television screen last night, in connection with a television series called The Offer. Ah, oh, yes, I know of this. I have not yet started watching it. Okay. Let me tell you. Should I, gentle listener? I'm not going to say any more about this. Carl's going to watch it, and we'll talk about it next week. And why don't you watch an episode or so, or maybe one or two of The Offer, and come back to us here at The Clappers next week, and we'll have a little chat about it. I, uh, before, um, yes, we will uh, do. Uh, uh, Carl's uh, being a DJ, uh, everybody. Uh, Carl's a DJ. All I was going to say... <laughs> <laughs> is um, <laughs> the, the really exciting thing here, and mm. you seem to have buried the lead, is uh, it's on Paramount Plus, right? I That's think. not exciting. No, 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 no. What's but what it means is, that? what it means is, you've clearly taken up another free offer. Yes, yes, Carl, <laughs> Carl. That is true. I've taken up two free offers since we've last spoke. I've taken up a free Disney, and I've taken up a free Paramount. <laughs> 
You have loads of free. You are Captain Free Loader. That's you. And I've cut off two others that I was paying a, a very small, fair amount a month for because I don't watch enough television to have four or five things running. You know, no, I just don't. No. And it's a silly waste of money, especially now that Jared yeah, Italia's even on. Even for free. Even for free. <laughs> I'm, I've got to watch a bicycle race of you know four hours length every day for yeah, the next yeah, three weeks, yeah. so I, I can't fit all that stuff in. Of course. So, yes, let's let's get back to this next week, shall we? Oh, it's one, one to look forward to. <laughs> As Peter Ustinov says, I tingle. <laughs> I've read a book, Carl. Mm. It's by Dave Eggers. Right. You've heard of Dave Eggers? I have heard of Dave he Eggers. burst onto the literary scene with a heartbreaking work of staggering genius. What does that sound like? It does, doesn't it? His latest more. book, it turns out, I didn't realise this I, I, until after I'd read it, and it isn't going to harm anybody. It's, a, it's, a, it's the second of, a, of either a series or part two. The first book was called The Circle. This book's called The Every. Now, The Circle and The Every do share a character, but it's not at all necessary. It turns out few to have read the one before the other. I've not read The Circle. I've just read The Every. The Every is a company that if in your greatest fantasies of living in a connected world could have Facebook, Google, Apple, Amazon, Instagram, all rolled into one friendly, friendly corporation. That would be the every. And the every is set in what some of us would say is a utopian future. Others would say is a dark and foreboding Orwellian future. It's set in a future where everybody is connected. The every is about a character called Delaney who it soon turns out wishes to bring the whole thing down from within. Right. Okay, she gets a job at the Every and wishes to tear the whole thing to the ground. She wants to make it into the nothing. For what it did to her family. Right. Her parents who owned a lovely little organic shop in a lovely little village somewhere like in Oregon. And they got Amazoned out. They got Amazoned out, yeah. Right. yeah. And she oh, wants yeah. to wants vengeance. And her mate wears they, their housemates and they live in this area short for troglodyte where, where trogs live. And these are the people who live off grid, who don't want any part of any connectivity, who don't want to be seen or noticed or photographed or surveyed. And they both inevitably get jobs at the every. Mm. It's a... It sounds, sounds interesting. It's really good. It's not funny. I think others might think it's funny. I, don't, I think it's meant to be funny, and it's not because the author isn't funny. I just don't think he's gone far enough. He keep, it, it, it does seem to be like a, a, a tug of war between being a really serious, searing criticism of consumer America and also some kind of parody of the, the same very things. There are lots of things that you can see, mm, yeah, this could turn out to be a nice funny parody of leisure wear and, and, and health and wellness culture, but it, it doesn't... I, I didn't laugh once in this book at all. And then I've said before, 1984 was supposed to be a satire and supposed to be funny as well, and I didn't laugh once in that. I, I've got to say, George Orwell, great writer, <laughs> lousy comedian. Yeah, not a funny man. Not, I don't know if he's funny around his friends, you know, one of those people who, you know, around their mates is hilarious. <laughs> hey, but professionally. four legs good. <laughs> <laughs> the Every ends in the way all good books should end, that is not necessarily predictable, but inevitable. And it's... Oh, I thought you meant with a list of acknowledgements. Yes, no, right. it, it does end with a list of acknowledgements, which I read all the way through. I've been doing that lately. Have you? Reading, reading the acknowledgements. <laughs> yep. You must 
must be so much fun at dinner parties. I am fun at dinner parties. You should invite me to one and see how I light up the room. You wouldn't invite me to one because you're jealous. You're you're a jealous man I, I don't who wouldn't s- share the spotlight. I do not want to be sitting next to you when you when you start strike up a conversation and go, "Hey, do you know who Dave Eggers thinks?" At the end of the every. So, this is a thick book. It's 500 and something pages. That's good. I'm a thick reader. I should read it. It's not very heavy. Books these days aren't as heavy as they used to be, so it won't hurt your hands. Of course, you can read it on your device for reading books. I, 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 no, I read it in the actual book sense of, of it being a book. Mm. And I hate to say this, but I could really see it being a one or two season series. Yeah, yeah. I could really well, see that happening. It was visually very strong in the descriptions of the awful apps that, that poor Delaney keeps inventing to make herself more and more valuable to the company while at the same time just destroying humanity uh, it was a very visual very strong book can i ask yes. if you've seen severance no aha uh-huh. okay so i think we're in similar territory here this is a uh, ben stiller directed series on apple tv plus uh stars adam scott as a sort of middle manager in this this um well it's it what the firm does is never really all that clear mm-hmm. um and what he and his colleagues do in their small department of four people is also never very clear Mm -hmm. but they do it assiduously and they do it with blind devotion to the company Mm -hmm. they work for fundamental premise of it is that they have voluntarily undergone a procedure whereby their private brain and their work brain have been severed when you said private i thought uh (laughs) uh-oh severance they've undergone a procedure where their private oh dear i'm not going to be able to watch this show Oh, dear. We are gentlemen of the 1970s. You have to understand that we grew up watching British television comedy, so it's never going to be far Which from Which one there. are you, Morecambe or Wise? I, I really don't know. Corbett or, or Parker? Anyway, um, it's, it's fantastic. Because it's a Ben Stiller series, I think a lot of people, certainly I did, and I suspect many others, sort of went into it expecting it to be a comedy. It's really not a comedy. It's a, it's a pretty dark, dystopian workplace mm-hmm. drama has the occasional sort of laugh, but really it's not about tickling the funny bone. Mm-hmm. It's about painting a, f- a future in which uh, technology and sort of, um, you know, uh, I guess biomedicine have, have sort of come together in a fairly toxic way mm-hmm. to try to control every aspect of, of the workers' uh, at-work behaviour. So I'll never leave here. You'll leave at five. Well, actually, they stagger our exit, so 5.15. But it won't feel like it, not to this version of you, anyway. Do I have a family? You'll never know. And I have no choice. Well, every time you find yourself here, it's because you chose to come back. There's a sort of a, t- a tension between um, having willingly undergone this procedure or ostensibly having willi- willingly undergone this uh, procedure and actually starting to feel that there's something awry and wanting to get out of it. And so it becomes this kind of, um, you know, escape drama. I love Dr. Thing. Moreau. Mm, yeah, a bit, a bit in that mm. sort of, yeah. Anyway, it's mm. it's great. I, I heartily oh, recommend it. It's a television Yes, program? it's a, uh, I think it's nine part. Now, you know, I've, I've, I've shaved... I've flensed mm. the unit of extra channels and mm. uh, providers. So who who does this one? 
uh, as I said, Apple TV Plus. Did you say that? I did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just as you said, Michael Tolkien. But let's not <laughs> let's not let's not kick over old <laughs> old wounds. There's a book that everybody who is like me should read but i think it could but even i think i think, I think this community even... consists of only you andrew i think we people could, who are like we you. could spread it out a little bit i think <laughs> just a little bit actually i have to say one of our more devoted listeners will not want to read this book mm. uh, but i think you will if you haven't already it's called boys club looks at the afl as a organization that has no limits that has n- no body governing it that has no investigative body that can look into it i don't know what this sounds like at this point in the election cycle but it is a very critical book of the way the afl is run by the afl commission it looks at how it was set up initially as a way for the clubs to create a body that could oversee lots of very basic straightforward you know, rules grounds the the nuts and bolts of the afl and and what it has grown into and it looks at this through various incidents and scandals whether it's the, uh, the melbourne football club tanking whether it's the uh, essendon football club and the drug scandal there it looks at probably the last probably the last 15 to 20 years maybe the last 15 years of the afl and it's a powerful angry angry book and anybody who has a, who watches football a little bit past just the men in the shorts running backwards and forwards on the field looks at who's interested in salary caps who's interested in free agency who uh, why certain players are allowed to do this who's interested in how certain clubs seem to have got off the hook and got off scot-free whether it was what happened in western australia or what happened in melbourne or what happened in essendon it's a absolutely fascinating book full of primary source information the acknowledgements at the end of that mate well you'll be getting through the bibliography before you get there but i tell you what it's a good day's read mm. and it's great and it came out i think last year and it's it's yeah boys do club you need by, to be a fan by michael think? warner i i don't think you need to be a fan of football you need to be somebody who's interested in if you like books about politics if yeah, you like yeah. books about about uh, corporate governance if you look like if you like books about corruption if you read you know people there are people who love reading books about the water Gate scam. Yeah, of course. Can't get enough of it. Mm. If you like things like that, then you'll find this a fascinating book. You don't need to be a, a lover of football or an, or have an interest in football at all. But it, I think it's useful having having that as a background. And it's called Boys Club by Michael Warner. If I need this were a visual medium, because. What probably doesn't come across when we do the clap is the depth of appreciation Carl has for my wisdom. From time to time, (laughs) he will close his eyes as if he's trying to grasp at a thought that's flying away at the speed of light, and he'll nod his head sagely up and down. Uh, Have you noticed how how I sometimes make a very appreciative kind of noise as well? (laughs) Yes, I have. Yes, I have. It's great to add to your reservoir (laughs) of knowledge, Carl. (laughs) I hope we will continue to do this on a weekly basis because your reservoir clearly needs replenishing, my friend. (laughs) The well has run dry. (laughs) 